All right, welcome back to the Whitetail Experience Podcast. We have got a good one in store today. Uh, Rick Legend, a member of the team, and I sit down after shooting some bows, and we talk everything whitetails. We talk gear, we talk summer prep, we talk system changes, anything that we've kind of got going on, and he had done some summer scouting, so we talk a little bit about that, and then some hunting talk, some good BS. It's a solid episode. The other thing I wanted to mention on here, I've been touching on this now, and I hope to, in the first week of August, launch my solo filmer web class. And what that will consist of is like six to eight podcasts with six to eight video supporting um, examples of X, Y, and Z, stuff that may translate. And and those videos are going to be short. Um, They're going to be little tips, little hacks. But if you've ever dabbled in self-filming or maybe you're thinking about it this course is kind of going to be designed to quicken that learning curve by four or five years Uh, i've obviously done this for a while but also i edit uh, 10 solo film hunts a a year with whitetail addictions and having done some higher end production i kind of think i have a nice balance of of hunting and then just trying to increase that productivity as well as some branding uh, some ways to do things better in the field. Uh, that course will, will hopefully be offered on Patreon. I just I'm gonna open up its own tier. Uh, Patreon generally we're we're doing a uh, one podcast or one video roughly every ten days, and it's more tip tactic based. Public land, uh, new piece of public land series is on there. Um, guys that are kind of supporting the brand at a higher level. We try and disclose a little more information and examples on there that uh, I don't feel bad. Uh, stuff maybe I don't want the masses being able to just click on and watch or view or, or, or listen to, but uh, that's kind of what uh, is on the horizon. And then if you saw the post on social, we are going to also be featured on the Sportsman's Empire uh, RSS feed or audio feed out. Nothing will change on our own end as far as you can still catch it right here on this channel, but uh, we'll be going out to a wider audience Um Dan's a, a, he's pretty much a friend of mine at this point. Um, Dan had kind of inspired me to get into the space uh, back when it was the early days of Wired to Hunt. And that was really the only podcast. But I, I think those guys had something very magical that they hit on the head that you can't recreate even to this day. Both were starting to get their flow as deer hunters. They were late 20s, early 30s podcasting wasn't around i mean there were several things that just happened perfectly and i will to this day go back and listen to the early few seasons of wired to hunt probably like the first two to three and just find myself those are my favorite podcasts of all time hands down and and it's just they're in the right state to ask the questions for the evolving deer hunter they're real enough guys that you feel like you could have a beer with uh, maybe it was before both of them were, were later on and maybe more established dads and a little more established businessmen. So if they were the, the chemistry that that show I feel like had early on was by far uh, pretty cool. Um, and it, it, that show, not you know, I would say Wired to Hunt has helped me more as a deer hunter than any other podcast. All right, guys, enough of the jib jab. Uh, we're going to get into the episode with Rick Legend. All right, Rick, we are live, folks. Live. We, we are coming uh, from the basement, which is the land of the in-betweeners, as, as Kyle has dubbed this room. 
no giants, just a bunch of in-betweeners. And it is a Saturday night. Rick came over. We uh, shot some bows for a bit. We did. Started shooting better the more we shot. <laughs> Had a little, I agree. little sight adjustment. A little sight adjustment. Everybody's been there. We're working on them. But uh, it's a hot day. It was. It was uh, a very hot day. Had some storms roll through. We got some widow makers out back now. Yep. Wood uh, pile fell over. Wood pile fell over. I mean, it was, yeah. You got up stupid early. Yeah. 3.30 this morning. And we're doing some deer stuff. Yep. I was. And what was the uh, what was the mission of the day? Uh, well, my mission was I had another trail camera to get hung out, and okay. uh, I was I was on a mission to to look at some new spots that I hadn't yet been to ever, and I marked them on the map and I walked to them, and they didn't turn out. <laughs> okay, so you you were going into a new area. Yep. Yep. And never been there. And went in there and just not what you were looking for. Now, Nothing. I struggle sometimes to walk in the woods in the summer, especially in lower deer population woods, and kind of get a gauge of what's going on. Or do you, do, you, do you do a lot of summer scouting and find good stuff and put faith in it? This, honestly, is my first year doing a lot of summer scouting. Okay. I usually do the bulk of it in the spring when I turkey hunt, and then I'm usually giving it up. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the first summer for me, uh, pushing hard, trying to find new spots, uh, getting in, putting the sweat equity in. Yeah. Uh, I got the most cameras I've ever ran this year. I'm at 10 Okay. now. And uh, the year before, I think I, I ran three, and then I bumped it up to six. And then just, what, maybe four or five weeks ago, I went and bought four more. Oh, nice. <laughs> I had okay. to do it. What, what made you say, I need four more cameras, I need more cams in the arsenal, and what camera did yeah. you buy, or models? Uh, I, I went with Muddy. Okay. Uh, I just went ahead and went with Muddy, basically just the price point. I think they came in right around uh, $62 with tax. Uh, not too bad. Did you get the, the Muddy Pro? Muddy Pro 14, I okay. think is what it's called. Okay. Uh, and for me and what I do, public land, um, if somebody steals it, I'm not out. A bunch of money. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not scared to, you know, trash them and thrash them. And if, if I I don't know how the video mode is, but I set everything on video this year. And usually I don't even do video. I do uh, pictures. Yeah. Uh, but this year I did like, you know, the 10 second delay. Okay. And, uh, messing with that. Uh, so I have no idea how those are going to turn out. Okay. Yeah. In the summer, in the summer, I traditionally run a long, uh, like a five minute delay, three minute delay and. Oh, wow. And just triggers. Well, and that's really because I don't want that camera burning up battery and SD card on a mm -hmm. windstorm in, in uh, July. Gotcha. I want I want September data. Mm -hmm. I want late August data. Yep. Um, now, when I start checking, it, I will check some cams here in, in August. And we'll talk a little bit more about August plans later in the podcast. Um, when I check them during season, I start either switching them to video or a tighter delay because... That's the information I'm, I'm wanting. Okay. They've got fresh batteries. They've yep. got the SD cards fresh. If, if a windstorm blows in October 5th, it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, Have you ever had a problem with batteries running low? Not Well, honestly, maybe on a, on a false trigger where, okay. like, dude, a leaf. I had a, you, Dude, I've had so many trail cam hiccups where, like, a branch will fall from the heavens gotcha. and somehow get stuck right in front of my sensor and sit there and blow in the wind because it's hung up just yep. above it. Yep. And it'll burn it out. Um, okay. And and that theme has repeated itself numerous times. 
And honestly, too, it's a pain in the ass to sit there and click through a bunch of windy day mm -hmm. picks. Now, generally, if I'm scrolling an SD card and I see, oh, uh, August 5th, it was a windstorm, I'll, I'll go to August 6th yeah. to start really looking at picks again. Um, that's that's the one thing I did like, uh, the Browning uh, Dark Ops that I had. It does tell you, like, it's almost like your cell phone. It'll tell you, like, 76% left, 80%. I've ran that thing five months tons of deer pitchers i've never went under 70 percent okay on pitcher mode uh that's pretty solid to me. yeah i think the custom gear cameras they quickly tell you like you dropped to like 80 percent, 70 percent okay and then they sit there for a while dude i ran a custom gear camera on one set of batteries last year for like the whole season like yeah. i think i put it out in august i pulled it in March and okay. it, it took a picture of me walking up. Now I probably missed some deer in yeah. the cold, cold because I didn't have lithiums in it mm -hmm. in in the middle of winter. Yeah, but uh, it was still ticking that day. Very nice. Um, but yeah, so you you were down there the summer scouting, kind of didn't find what you were looking for, huh? Yeah, I I got up on the on the top ridge where I was heading. I was uh, I had picked out on the map basically saddle. I'm, right now at this point, I'm I'm not looking, uh, I'm not looking for like early season places i'm looking for more of those rut funnels mm -hmm. um so i'm not expecting to get a ton of deer pictures there yet uh just seeing you know foot traffic you know prints you know um if i see any kind of rubs scrapes that's what i'm keying in you can on. still see historical absolutely. rubs and if absolutely. you find a cluster of that and i did find some but they were they were very minimal it was nothing that like you know i have to put a camera here mm -hmm. i couldn't find that I, then I dropped down in the bottom. I was going through the creek bottom. I like to do that. You can, you know, nine times out of ten, if a big buck is going to take that creek bottom. They travel that. You can cut tracks. Um, then you can follow it left or right, you know, and usually get on something good. I did that today, and one of the tracks led to private land, so who knows what's over there. Mm -hmm. the it other could one, be a field, the other a one feeder, I, a mineral. Yeah, yeah, the other one was a beat trail, so that's good. Mm -hmm. Beat trail, small tracks no big sign and it i followed it for a mile and there was not even a scrape off of it or anything so didn't know what to think of it hang my camera there or keep it for something no, else keep it for something else i guess maybe if i'm having like a, a couple bad days i can just go in there for a sit and see what's going on now will you then um when's your next summer scouting mission i'm done okay i'm done for the summer i'm actually going to hold on to this last camera that i have i didn't hang it today because i didn't find anything worth my time i yeah. felt uh i'm going to save this last camera for my card pool uh september 1st i was going to ask you when you go back yep. uh plan on doing a, a fake squirrel hunting mm -hmm. mission <laughs> you know just i to, love the squirrel hunt. i like taking the 22 out a lot of times i don't even take a shot at a squirrel because yeah. I'm, I'm a big guy on it um I like to eat what I kill. Yeah. And squirrel are not my favorite to eat. Dude, squirrel, <laughs> listen, I squirrel hunted a lot in college. I, like, got into it. I would mark where the uh, uh, where the walnut trees are. Yep, yep. Because the walnuts are really hot the on opener. Mm -hmm. You'd rather be on a walnut. And then later, you almost transition to hickories, like, mid-September. Okay. And I would, actually, that led to me being a, a better deer hunter because I'd be out there squirrel hunting and I'd find deer and I'd yeah. be like, oh, okay, I'll, I guess I'll hunt here. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I used to really get into shooting squirrels um, from a twenty two handgun to, I'd take some, some uh, shotgun loads. I love to uh, squirrel hunt with friends. You know, you scatter out on a couple hillsides, you hear the shotguns ringing. It's a great uh, great way to introduce somebody to hunting. 
Absolutely. Because you're going to get some opportunities. Yeah, you can have like a little competition, you know, at yeah. 10 o'clock, meet up at 10, who's got the most squirrels kind of thing. That's always fun. The bird dog uh, that was just down here, so him and I used to, if I put a shotgun by the door in September 1, he'd lay on the case. <laughs> at, you know, and what we would do is I'd, I'd get on like a hiker trail or something, yeah. and he'd just heal. He'd walk right with me and sneak with me, and I'd shoot him out of trees or whatever with the shotgun, and he'd oh, go wow. get him. Oh, he lived for squirrel hunting. My uh, my wife's even shot a few squirrels. Really? Yeah, that's the only thing she's ever shot. Impressive. Uh, you yeah. haven't got her a deer yet? No. Okay, so funny story that's on that. shocking. We're sitting there on a creek crossing, right? Yeah. And I set her up like, it's an eight-yard shot. Mm -hmm. We're like 10 foot up, giant tree in a cluster. Like, this is a very good, like, this, this oh, four-pointer buck comes down to the creek crossing and is standing on the other side of the creek i'm like oh man if he crosses we're smoking this deer <laughs> like can't like she could she could shoot yep and uh i had pretty good confidence and uh she told me after the hunt she goes um i'm not gonna lie i was sitting there praying that that buck wasn't gonna cross that creek <laughs> So that was the last deer hunt oh, she ever went on. Looking for excuses, huh? Just yeah, we were just dating back then. <clears throat> do you think she'll ever venture back out, or just maybe she just doesn't want to do it? Honestly, like if if the kids would ever get into squirrel hunting, she would mm -hmm. go squirrel hunting for awesome. sure. Awesome. We went rabbit hunting, squirrel hunting, turkey hunting. Dude, one time I, I we had a pretty good turkey hunt together, and she said, "Oh, this is cool," but like she's not bit by the bug. But she she doesn't mind shooting a little clays and, and doing that stuff. But That's all you can ask for right there. I mean, I, I got no problem with that. It's funny, though. She, I remember, uh, so she went on a few deer hunts with me, you know, hanging stands and stuff. Mm -hmm. We're watching Drury Outdoors one day. Mm -hmm. Dude smokes a giant over a food plot with a box blind. And, like, I'm just watching it fully engaged. This is pre-whitetail experience. And she looks up and she goes, that's not hunting. My wife just calls out the Drury's for sitting over a box blind, and a, a, she goes, "That's not like hunting." Yeah, like that's a little bougie. We yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she just that was that was her her uh, reaction to watching this production. Nice, nice. I was like, "Babe, you're all right." She's a keeper. Ma maybe I knew that. She's a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like that is hunting, but like just her reaction to that's not like what you and the guys go do. That's yeah. not even close. Yeah. You know, uh, it, that was a hoot. That was a hoot. That's comical. So, yeah, so your plan is <coughs> September. Now, we, being that, uh, can you get to all your cameras in a weekend, or will you have to bounce and come down and do two days? Or I can get them all in one day. Okay. Yeah, I can get them all in one day. I just plan my, my route. Basically, um, so I took like, uh, I don't know, we can say maybe like 800-acre pieces mm -hmm. public. Um I got two per mm -hmm. 800, okay? So I, I hung, hung one high, mock scrape high on a ridge. Then I did, uh, I found a couple community scrapes low, mm -hmm. okay? Or trails leading to the ridge top to the mock scrape. Yeah. Okay, and some some were pre-existing scrapes that I just enhanced. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm a, trying to get like a... What product are you using on the mock scrapes? Smokies. You're using Smokies. Smokies. Okay. Uh, somebody, I was talking or messaging with somebody, and yeah. I know a couple other guys. I think Justin Hollinsworth has tried yeah. Smokies and had decent luck. Yeah. Uh, the guy who killed 200 inchers. Uh, uh, Don Higgins. Don Higgins, thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. he's big on, he's like, if I use a scent, it's going to yeah. be from Smokies. Yeah, I, I I actually got it from Don Higgins. I, I was watching some of his stuff on YouTube, and 
it just so happened the weekend after that was the Deer and Turkey Expo here oh, in, no in, way. in Columbus. And uh, so I went up there and I searched for the guy's booth, and he's legit. He, I mean, he was showing me, uh, he was pulling up videos on his, uh, Is it on orbital? his TV, orbital gland. Yep. Uh, he had a lot more sense, but he told me this right here will work for you. Okay. He says if you're just looking to get into that entry level, mm-hmm. this is it. So yeah, I, and the stuff is not cheap. Yeah. So, but How it much? only takes a drop. How much are we talking? I think it was fifty bucks. Fifty 45, bucks for a 45 bottle. Forty-five for uh, I don't know how many. You know. How long will that bottle last you? He told me it should last me. You know, eight and it years. doesn't go eight bad. Eight to ten years does not go bad. Stored and just out of the sun, right? Yep, out of the sun. Okay. You know. I got it. Got it on top of the gun safe. Yeah, yeah. They say uh, uh, when you store beers or when people are moving beers around that uh, the sun damage is worse than heat damage. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And and uh, when you see a beer in a clear bottle, it's more likely to get skunked faster than a beer in a dark bottle. Didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know. Huh. So what are you drinking today? What is this? Oh, oh, okay. This actually, my brother-in-law turned me onto these. Okay. I, I will give Evan a shout out here. This is the Michelob Ultra Lime guy. Okay. And I'll be honest, there's a little pear citrus that hits late in the summer. <laughs> Give me one of these by the pool, folks. I, I just can't, got back from vacation. Gotcha. And uh, Was that on our uh, poll? This was not on the poll. Not a big enough brand name. Okay. Not a big enough reach. Okay. Um, but yeah, these, these are solid. I'll have to these try These might one. be. Yeah, I got you one I'll right here in this cooler. As soon as I finish this Bud Light next. Okay. We know I'm always watching my carbs. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get ready for the season here, and I'm trying to come in sharp. Yeah, that's right. So. <laughs> Very good. Dude, but well, after after this hot day, this it, any beer tastes crisp, oh. crisp to me, you know, so. I made the joke with Andy. I said, I'm going to run 10 miles in the morning. I'm going to drink 10 beers in the evening. I still can't believe you ran 10 miles. That was. It. I'm not gonna lie. Let's my, talk about you. You stashing electrolytes yeah. halfway through. I'm impressed by that alone. Listen, dude. It was like a big shed hunt, right? Like this is gonna be a, a long endeavor. You know. You, so I had a five mile loop planned out, and I was gonna park at, at A, and then I was gonna run straight north, and then loop, and then come down. And so I stashed a, a bottle with uh, electrolytes, just your, your regular uh, electrolyte mix from Amazon, mm-hmm. in a 16-ounce bottle, about mile three and a half, four. Yep. Because I thought, okay, I'll run a third of it, I'll drink six, eight ounces, whatever, it, when I find it. Yeah. Or, you know, and then I ran another three or four on my way back towards the truck, I drank another bit, and maybe that helped. I did I did yeah. wear the same uh, sock liners, uh that I wear when I do shed hunting. Okay. When I'm pounding miles it's in my boots. Tough, tough socks or. Um. So so it no they're in gingy they're toe socks so they go in between your toes to like help with hot spots or blisters okay. and then I wore like a regular sock over top. I see. Okay. So doubled up on the socks for the foot care. Okay. And I just said, dude, I, and my wife asked me, what are you doing? I said, well, I just want to see if I can do it. I've ran some mm-hmm. six seven milers. Let's go for ten. Now, when you got to the electrolytes, did you feel like you needed them? Uh, no, it wasn't super hot today. It okay. was, it was 68 in okay. the morning when I started. I, I went right at daybreak. Um, yeah, it wasn't super hot. Did it help? Maybe. Okay. But I was also hydrating pretty good for the, the minus deer and beer night. Yeah. I, I was hydrating. <laughs> I, I think we all hours. had a little bit of dehydration. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah. But, and that uh, was a huge success, by the way. That was awesome. You yeah, guys... we had the upper end of what I thought would be there. Absolutely. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought there'd be 25 to 50 people, yeah. and we were right about 40 to 50. Awesome. And energy was solid. The door prizes were solid. Door prizes were solid. And then when that buck tipped over on film, 
place went Every, nuts. Everybody cheered. That yeah, was, I think there was a few people on the patio outside that were clapping too. <laughs> You're not wrong, Rick. You're not wrong. My God. Um, yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, yeah. So so, and I appreciate everybody who's kind of commented on on YouTube as well. Um, we got a lot of positive positive vibes coming in for awesome. White Talk Experience. Awesome. We I hope we can do that again. Yeah. You know. Uh, so we're we're gonna pivot here. Um, Dave and I have talked about it. If we can find a good location, yep. let's do it again. One, I, somebody has to shoot a good buck on video, whether it's me or, or another crew member. And then the other thing we've talked about is, could we do it cookout style? Mm, that's interesting. Where maybe we rent um, a projector, a screen, and we have beer and coolers and could do it at a house where beer is cheap. Yep. And people can come and go. We do it on a weekend. That would be, yeah. I think, I think. Could we find a campground if people wanted to come from a little bit? Of, so there's. Yeah, I see it. Listen, step one, shoot a good buck on camera. Oh, yeah, that's always the first. <laughs> but but there are some thoughts around deer and beer part, you know, next season. How to do it better. Um, Noctera's got another location opening up that's a little more in the south end. That could be favorable. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, we, we're, we're going we're gonna to see about it. But step one, shoot a deer on, on, on video, be able to produce something of, of quality to, to bring the people, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we can't just, like, for example, the buck I shot uh, two or three years ago on video, like, kill shot was kind of blurry because I had, I was in a, I was jammed between three or four beech trees. Yeah. Could, I just didn't think that had the punching power that when you got a good crispy kill shot and the deer tipped, you know, you, you need something to, to bring the people. Absolutely. So, but, um, Rick, let, let's talk. So August, what else you got going on as far as deer prep? You just changed up your whole mobile setup. Yeah. I, uh, I revamped everything minus the bow. I even got new bow strings this year. Did you? New bow sight. Yeah. Red line. Yeah. The red line bow sights working <clears throat> for us. Absolutely. Three pin. Um, I'm with a, with a sliding ability. With the sliding. Um, Ooh. I completely transitioned from saddle hunting to the point five. Oh, now, why is that? Let, okay, you saddle hunted for how many years? I, I three years. So that's that's a solid, solid chunk. Solid three years. I didn't quit. I hunted the full season, and one of those seasons was all the way into the snow uh, into January. There you are, I'll take that. Okay, so you so you're not a saddle hunting rookie. You you've done it now for years. What made you say, you know what? I want to go back to the tree stand life. Okay, so... Because not many people yeah. will admit to that, but we have a YouTube video with Logan. Absolutely. Now, I'm, I'm one of those guys, I, I have to test something through and through to make sure I'm, I'm making the right decision and if it's right for me. I was successful for three years. I killed three bucks. Yeah, so it's not like it, what you weren't putting gear down. It's not like I was not successful. However, those three bucks were not my... Top let's, let's say like top target bucks. Um, I at those two two years, the first two years, I was busted uh, because I like to swing too much in, from my saddle. Uh, I was going to say in the bedroom of the saddle. <laughs> yeah, joke. Uh, Don Higgins calls it the love swing. Oh, okay, I okay. I've seen that meme going around of somebody <laughs> yeah. put a sex swing in a tree. Oh god. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. So, so anyways, I found myself, you know. To look to look behind you when you're in a saddle, you almost have to pivot 
to the left or right and it's like a swinging motion and hearing something behind you there's no tree to block the vision of the deer to you so mm. i was getting busted left and right um the only time i are had you success, a sitter or a leaner i'm a leaner okay yeah uh, i like to lean a lot so that that being on on that pivot i i would just swing you know it's natural it's right? natural and it just i almost uh it's super comfortable Mm-hmm. I liked it. I never got foot fatigue. I never got hip pinch that yeah. a lot of guys talk about. I must have just got lucky and had a great angle set up and everything. But uh, I got busted a lot of times when the deer were coming from behind me, and I had a lot of trouble getting my bow over the bridge uh, and clearing my broadhead from the bark of the tree. Mm. Going just over just the, the cluster. Yeah, so it was that backside shot that gave me some trouble, and that was Every, all three deer were on that backside shot. Now, and, and Rick, we should also, for the listeners, right? Yeah. You are a big woods hunter. Yeah. yeah. You, and sometimes in the big woods, you feel like this deer's going to be within this gap. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's going to come from left, right, 6 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Yeah. But he's going to come here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not as plain as day as people think. Yeah, it's definitely not. Uh, you know, we're not hunting these field edges where we know we can. Here's going to be in the field on that left-handed shot, yeah. and it's it's we don't have to move. We can sit ready. You know, so so now I'm switching to the point five, which allows the tree to be behind me, and if something approaches the rear, I will be covered by the tree when when I have to pivot for the shot. I like it. Uh, even even as simple as turning your head when their tree is between you and the deer, it's it's huge. They see it, you know. But all three bucks were within fifteen yards of me. No way. Yeah. Every every buck. Was it slightly windy? Uh, Couldn't hear him coming. One was calm. Or were you looking because you heard him? One was calm. I heard him coming a mile away. I was ready to prepare. He was on my strong side. It it was picture perfect. The other two was rainy day. Hmm. Uh, so it was very tough to hear them. Rainy days impossible. Yeah, rainy they, days. They, uh, they sneak it's up good and on bad. You. Yeah, they sneak up on you. You got to be a, a visual guy. Absolutely. On them rainy days. Absolutely. And to be visual, you have to move and you have to pivot your head. You, and then in a saddle, you end up swinging. Yeah, I I can remember last couple rainy days that I am seeing a deer's leg at like under twenty yards. Oh. That is my first initial. Oh shit! Here's a deer. Um, one of those was. Uh, the buck I shot on the scrape uh, a couple years ago. The other was this year in the film. This deer comes down uh, um, and hits like this logging road scrapish, mm-hmm. and he's like a four point or a, you know six. I don't even remember what he was, but I remember I was sitting there in the tree and I look over and these legs are like 15, 18 yards, like sub twenty yards, and you're like, shit, is there a, is that a giant? Because all I could see was legs. Yeah. But um, on them rainy days, man, it is. Mm. You have an advantage. And they have an advantage. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. <laughs> I almost think sometimes too on them rainy days, like scouting and and moving, mm-hmm. especially if, if you don't have a bead. Yeah. Like, I won't get in a tree. Let me go scout because the the still hunting aspect of kicking up deer and and on them super windy days. Uh, I, I remember I was filming Dave first year whitetail experience. Super windy rainy day. Yeah. These deer hundred percent winded us. And they were looking around the bowl system like, where are these hunters? Like, where are these guys? And we were like 35, 40 yards like, like what if they run to us? Like, yeah. I've seen deer like do dumb things when they don't know where that scent's coming from in a uh, oh windy, rainy storm, mm-hmm. if you will. Have you killed in bad weather? 
Right after it. Right after. Like okay. like like That's, yeah. I'm, mine's the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you, if dude, if it's it's yeah. raining and stopping. Yeah. It, it's get in a, the woods. It's they come out like cockroaches when it when it happens. Dude, I went for a run early this week and it rained for 24 hours straight here. Mm-hmm. Stopped. Yeah. There's not a lot of deer on this road. I saw like every field had deer. So I saw like six deer, which people listen to six deer what. But like around here, that's something. Oh, I tell I tell Dave, yeah. I, don't even, I don't even watch for deer when I drive the roads around here. Like I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna hit one. Yeah, that's how it is. That's how it is. So, but yeah, yeah, it, it's crazy. And um, I know Aaron Blicey, I think uh, Fall Podcast, he he killed three out of his five bucks last year, three out of his four bucks, all after rainstorms. Wow. Oh yeah, and and I know the Drury's talk about when that pressure changes and high pressure, low pressure. It's like anytime a storm com- storm comes right after it, that pressure I think starts skyrocketing just due to what's going on with the systems. Yeah. So there's yeah. definitely something to it. Oh yeah, yeah. And if you can plan it, I suggest you get out in the woods immediately, dude. Yeah, preferably you... before it stops, so you can be ready because it happens that quick. It does. It does. And and um. You know, Cisco talks about he was chasing a 200-incher that uh, I think they got a picture as they were leaving the truck that they weren't in the woods already. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was after his kill, I do believe. He said he uh, had had killed one. He was waiting for his buddy to show up uh, to, to retrieve the buck, and then the, his target buck walked in front of the camera, I do believe, is what he said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's something. Yeah. But, it, but, but it is, yeah, like now... It's almost like, dude, like come mid to late October, you see them rain days. You're mm-hmm. like, dude, if I can correlate that with yeah. uh, an evening hunt, or like maybe it stops raining at like two in the morning, three in the morning, that yeah. morning hunt, gonna be fire. Yeah. And you definitely don't have a chance of running any other hunters <laughs> from what I've you know, Yeah, generally, yeah. Now, um, I've never, I, I've done this a few times or whatever, but like you, uh, when you go out and hunt that and you're leaving your truck in the rain, you almost have to bring in an extra set of clothes because, like, you're brushing against all that brush that's wet. Like, yeah, yeah. it is a pain in the ass hunt mm-hmm. because you go walking a hillside, you brush against two or three bushes, your pants are soaked. What kind of rain gear do you run? Dude, I, you're talking to a guy who doesn't have rain gear. Yeah, I got some frog togs up there. Really? Frog togs don't rip in the briars? Dude, my buddy Corey just sent me that after uh, my out-of-state buck last year in a rainstorm where I was like, I don't got reindeer. I was hunting in snowboard pants. Wow. Holy crap. <laughs> They're like tan. Oh. Okay, all right. I don't have... I'm like... Yeah, like if I bought really good rain gear, it'd be very expensive. And I've just... Yeah. I've invested money in trail cams and gas See, and other things at this point. I'm really torn on rain gear. I... I I can appreciate some good rain gear, but it I can't find the rain gear that breathes right. It, good know, rain gear, if it's going to be waterproof, yeah, it can't breathe. It, it That's just the, science. Yeah, it holds the water in. It holds the water out. You can't win. No. It's terrible. <laughs> no, you you got to pick. Absolutely. What, 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 what's your poison today? I have thought about grabbing like a military like rubberized coat, right? Like the, yeah. the, the World War II rain coat, right? The poncho. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I've done this. I've hunted in ponchos. Walk out to the stand in that poncho thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's raining, right? It's going to stop. Be at the base of your tree. And as soon as it stops, you start hanging your stand. Yeah. Just, you you literally could, could it, it, I envision this World War II military, like, rubberized poncho. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there almost in a mini tent. Yeah. 
at the base of your tree, and as soon as it stops, then you know. Okay, I'll start climbing. That's it. I, I've thought about that system. I, I just have never found the poncho military rubbery thing I want yeah. to, to invest money in. So, But that that is a thought of mine. Um, otherwise, I, I, I've done anything from, like I said, snowboard pants to like take two or three coats in. Yeah, I've hunted in the snow one time where it snowed real heavy and I was going to be, uh, I was hunting a thicket. So I brushed against a bunch of stuff. I straight got naked at the base of the tree, mm-hmm. put on a whole new dry layer of clothes wow. and left them at the base of the tree mm-hmm. and then hunted and had really good hunt. Okay. Um, but snow kind of same thing. Like, yeah. like, but yeah, that, yeah, that, that rain stops that, that, that is whew, hold on to your hats if you will. <laughs> Now, now, uh, Rick. Any other? So, you, what what uh, sticks did you go with with your mobile? I just got them in the mail yesterday. The doubles. What size did you go with? I want seventeens. Okay, you going eighters on them I'm or going no? Going eighters. Okay. I do believe the eighters are seventeen as well. Yeah. Do you run threes or four sticks? Three. Okay. I'm going to run three this year. Uh, I'm more familiar with three sticks, and uh, I think it's just it gets me to the right height. Yeah, I, I run three sticks. Yeah. Um, if I got super stretch, I'll super stretch. I ordered a. Uh, Actually, this is a cool gear item. I ordered this like movable aider that like straps around your foot. Mm-hmm. And my thought, I, I, Logan uh, from the I don't know whatever video I did with him, um, he said, "Okay, you got that cable aider. You can put that stick about like five ish foot off the ground and get to that cable aider. But if you want to put it like seven, like above your head, yeah." He goes, "You kind of need a boost to get into it." Yeah. And he goes, "I'm gonna take this movable aider that straps to his foot system." And then I can go three sticks. I can go seven, 14, 21. Wow. Once you get above 20, it's pretty high. Yeah. And you and I are both bigger woods guys. And I'm like, hmm. He goes, he goes 80% of my hunts, I won't need to do that. Mm-hmm. I said, but the one hunt I look up and I'm in a telephone pole, I got it. Yeah. And so that's what I'm going to do as well. I'm going to go three sticks, all minis with some sort of aider attached. I might be doing some, some testing of some sticks this fall. Oh. Okay. So, but 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 I'm only going three minis of some sort. Okay. And, and like you, um, let's say I gotta do a telephone tree. I'll pull that Aider. Um, it's from Backwoods Mobile Gear. I paid full price for it. Yep. And I've never hunted with it, so I don't want to put a full blown endorsement on this thing. But it literally, you can put it on a stick, and when you step up, you can then detach it and move it to the next stick. And it's got it's got a little clip that goes either on a belt loop or your pocket. I see. So you don't have to like reach down and fumble with it. Okay. I, after I hunt with it for a time or two, I'll let you know what I think. All right, I'd be interested in hearing about that. Because some guys will move a, a big long three step aider and they'll take it to every stick, mm-hmm. which I have tried before and it's just not for me. So I'm thinking if I strap this thing to my boot, yeah, I got a little jack around factor mm-hmm. at the bottom, but I only got to do that one hunt out of eight or one hunt out of ten. I see what you're saying. You know, but like you said, three sticks. Yep. That works fine for eighty percent of your hunts. I think I can get around you know that eighteen foot mark. Yeah, yeah, and ha- and you're stupid light with a point five and three. Yeah. The doubles are one of the lightest sticks on the market. Yeah, and and this year will be my first year. I'll, I'm gonna try to hunt low. Oh. I'm gonna put at least two or three hunts in, and I got some spots where I put my cameras. Uh, Made my mock scrape. There's a couple trees that are like, you know, five five trunks. Yeah. And you can just get right in the middle of them. And, and I never thought of it before, but I'm like, man, that's that's perfect cover right there. Yeah. 
you know so it's uh, so easy we're gonna to. see what it's like you know i'm, I'm curious that yeah. I, i'm i'm a little scared because i do like that visual aspect of being high yeah so i know that's going to be taken from me um hopefully it's not a rainy day <laughs> Because you need that visual yeah. on a rainy day, and you, the last thing you want is to look to your left and the monster's looking at you. You know, mm -hmm. but uh, it's probably going to be on a crispy, dry day, uh, calm, and I'll hunt low. I'm going to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. Some people believe in it. Some people work. Well, you got to kill hunting from low, dude. I, I, so my biggest buck, I killed two sticks high. Uh, oh. I, those are like ten foot. Okay. Um, but yeah, I literally two, three foot off the ground or wow. whatever. I jumped out the stand and hit the ground. Mm. Didn't even get to the stick. Just said, fuck it. <laughs> I got to go get a cell phone signal. Get it done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I remember Dave read me the riot act one time. I said, here's my plan, Dave. I'm going to go into the, it was the thicket hunt. I'm going to go in this thicket. He goes, dude, would you quit trying to be like Cody DeQuisto? He goes, you've killed bucks hunting high for years. You need to do that. Yep. I went in there, I had three bucks under 20 yards, and one of them was like 110, 100, like a tweener. Yeah. And, and all those deer, mm -hmm. if they'd have been a good one, I could have shot them. Wow. Now, I think it was the thicket effect, where like they're in the tunnel systems, moving mm -hmm. through the thicket, and like they can't see anything, and like they would step out and look at me, like, what the fuck is that hanging off the tree? Yeah. But I was still to this day one of the best hunts of my life. Wow. Uh, and I'm like four foot tall. The, it, it's... It's on video. It's it's, I think it's the snow buck that I killed. But there's a hunt where I'm in snow and you see two of the bucks. Mm -hmm. The uh, full disclosure, the best buck of that day, I double punched the record button. <laughs> Dude, he's like 16 yards, and I remember reaching down and hitting it, yeah. and I didn't think it went, and I hit it again. And so like, I could slow down if somebody could visually see it's a deer, but but like I didn't put it in the film. But like the best buck. And, you know, as somebody who cell films, like, you kill for framed bucks oh, on video. Because yeah. uh, I don't, if I looked at my season count of 100-plus-inch of bucks that run by me, it's like three. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about this Yeah, you're, year. this is your first year filming? This is my first year filming. Uh, I'm, I got the, uh, the Lone Wolf uh, camera arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Um, I like it. It's lightweight. I've set it up in my tree. It it works pretty good. Uh, now I am on a mission to find a Samsung phone. Mm -hmm. uh, you told me they had good SD uh, compatibility or something like that. Yeah, so full disclosure, I haven't put a ton of research into it. Okay. But some of the Samsungs have micro SD ability. Yep. So that means you got unlimited storage, shooting 4K. Mm -hmm. And then... Samsung for a while was having way better cameras in their phones than Apple was. Really? And have you looked at like Zach Rob and he's Cisco because they've got a couple phones. Um, he's Cisco, I think, was talking about. Okay, it. both those guys uh, I think are running the same phone. Okay. So if you've looked at whatever, yeah, just just a phone without plan, right? You have no is plan. It, it's and... literally like a mini tablet. Yep. My only concern is how quickly can I access the camera. You know, because your your screen turns off on yep. the phone. So I I haven't messed with it, but is there a quick button that you can set up uh, to hit 
and then your camera pops up, and then you hit record on the touchscreen. You know what? I'm going to punt to YouTube on this. <laughs> or Google. And you got to have fingerless gloves because... It's oh, just, you definitely got to have some fingerless if, gloves. If your finger doesn't hit the screen right, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, know? so I, one, I would go... I would I would literally DM or text Zach Rob. Okay. I can give you his number after this. And awesome. ask him, what, hey, okay. what are you doing? Okay. Um, but I would YouTube that, and I would set that phone up with the quickest ability to get to the camera. Um, for example, on my Apple uh, iPhone, I put the camera, I don't even have to hit get into the home screen. Mm -hmm. I can literally push a camera from the, and I think it even brings up video. I might have set that up as well. Because, I, dude, I use my phone. I was on a run today, and, and uh, there's some deer running around this field. I'm, I'm grabbing my phone and trying to get clips. Who knows what? I may yeah. use those in a project in a month. Yeah. But deer footage is deer footage. I need it. No doubt. Yep. So, yeah, I would definitely, and, and yeah, punch it into Google, YouTube, like, you know, uh, how to quickly access camera on phone, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then, obviously, if those guys have done it, DM, text them. Yeah. And then I was going to run, uh, like, you know, probably some Velcro on the side of the camera arm for a battery bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll probably have three or four of them in my book bag just in case you know i don't even know phones have decent batteries okay I, i've never ran one like uh on filming very much like i, I i'm a guy that has 50 pictures in my phone and they're all of bucks and <laughs> fishing you know so um i get laughed at all the time by jessica but uh she she says you have no pictures on your phone and i'm like i just don't take a lot what of about trail cam pics um they go on my laptop and you're an Android guy. That's yeah. I'm an Android guy, so it's everybody yells at me in the group text because my pictures are fuzzy and all that. The, you've created a video. Uh, <laughs> we can't send videos anymore in the group text. Can't do it. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to take out some funds and and, and somehow get you an Apple. Product. Yeah, they call it my Obama phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, Rick, anything else major as um, far as as now we are approaching August. Did yep. we blink? You, you and I were talking, dude. We're like a month and a half out. Oh yeah, yeah. From, from being in the it's, woods, it's crunch time. It's, it's crunch time. If you do not have your fitness together, if you do not have your, you know, tinkering with your gear a little bit here and there. You shooting, and I were tinkering with bows tonight. I adjusted my release and found out it was a bad move. I shot terrible. Uh, adjusted it back and then and, shot pretty good and then shot a little better. I took uh, a half inch out my draw. Yep. Low key, the prime system, you don't got to put it in a bow press. Yep. I could do it right there on the table. That's pretty solid. First air, dude, I, I kind of went balls of the law. I was like, all right, I'm going to take a half inch out the draw. Yep. And I did that because I listened to um, uh, Wired to Hunt this week had Urban Bowman on it. Um, Taylor Chamberlain. Dude kills like 100 deer a year because he's mm -hmm. got the uh, the permits inside D.C. Oh, wow. Like if you were saying like, I need somebody to shoot a deer inside 20, 30 yards pretty good candidate right yeah, yep. you shoot 100 deer a year you're doing something oh wow <laughs> um and he was saying that he shortens his draw a touch um just because dude he's like you know clothes and hunting situations awkward angles in a saddle he's a saddle guy i'm a, mm -hmm. I'm a tree stand guy but same thing awkward angles and i you know i've been shooting this bow phenomenal all summer and i was like man i think i would be a touch comfortable more comfortable november 3rd I got three layers on, it's 30 degrees, and I go to draw back. And I took that half inch out literally with smiling wrenches. Yeah. Didn't have to go to the bow shop. First arrow, I sent it at 40. 
That's pretty solid. Smash this uh, baseball, mm-hmm. the size dial on the target. I said, "Holy fuck!" Now, how did that affect your anchor point with your nose button? So I come, fo- so I come to draw, and I do move my head slightly forward. Okay. That the, there is like, you, you know, that prime. It just fit me right in between, like mm-hmm. thirty and a half. I think yeah, I was setting that thing at thirty and a half. And like, if I was shooting three D, I'd probably keep it at thirty and a half. But I felt at 30, let me get to full draw, and I move my head slightly. I almost go to the peep. I go to the nose button. Okay. There's just a little, like, head and neck movement, but I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I shot pretty good tonight, like, uh, consistently was. How about, are you going to be okay with it and getting in weird positions? Yeah, I, I do think the bow's, it, it's a little more comfortable to get to it. Okay. Um, Does it, your backstop feel solid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad I did it because before that I was I felt like I'd have to be in a perfect position to get to the full full uh, okay. full draw like be solid elbows fully out yeah. that is one thing I can get a little more elbow bend I feel like now mm-hmm. yeah and it's just it, it's easier to get there and probably less torque on your wrist probably yep probably Maybe it just more relaxed so that could, it could be good yeah and you shot good so now don't mess with it. Probably time to yeah. set her in, and yep. and honestly, like we were talking about with the sliders, mm-hmm. like I shot sixty yards the other night. I'm still gonna dabble that in, yeah. but come like September fifteenth, like mm-hmm. two weeks before opener, I'm gonna lock that puppy in. Giannis, I'm Giannis. not, I'm not, no, that's then I need to be <laughs> shooting deer kills. Yep, twenty, thirty, forty. That's it. So, Rick, anything else? That was good. Uh, nope, I'm good. What'd you think of that? Uh, that that, that Mickey is, Ultra uh, that the line. Good. Crispy beer, and it is great. Do you I, like the little pear undertone? I like it. Okay. And I wish I had a cheeseburger to go with it. <laughs> it would have went perfect with this. A cheeseburger, a hot yeah, day. I'm telling you, cheeseburger with this Michelob Ultra infusions, yeah, yeah. it would have been good. And right. it's 95 calories. I can't say no to that. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate you listening. Team Harder and Bucks, we are out. Might be my favorite podcast, dude. It's a good one. Dude.